A reading according to the first letter to the Corinthians in Corinth, chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place, call on the name of Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given in you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Please be upstanding. Oh. <laughs> okay. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter 1, beginning at the 29th verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and he watched Jesus walk by. He exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are, you are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that the words that come from my mouth might make sense because they're inspired by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please be seated? Well, last week uh, we introduced our theme that we'll work through um, out 2020. Truth for our time, truth for all time. In the coming weeks, we'll use our Sunday Bible readings to try and put some arms and legs on this concept. Uh, but if you missed it, I would encourage you to catch up with our podcast, uh, particularly if you're interested to know what Ed Sheeran, a looper, and the truth have to do with what we're going to be talking about this year. 
This week, though, we find ourselves in the church's calendar at the second Sunday after Epiphany. Epiphany in the church is not just a day that we remember when the wise men come to visit Jesus. Epiphany is a season, a season of epiphanies. The focus traditionally around Epiphany is the way that God is revealed through Jesus Christ. We see through Scripture the truth for all time about the character, the nature, the power, the purpose, the ministry, the teaching, and most importantly, the salvation that we find in and through Jesus. While these epiphanies are important for us to continue to reveal and to explore, the truth for our time is in asking what truth about ourselves is revealed the more we reveal who Jesus is. It's like our own season of epiphany. Last week I went light on the focus on scripture in order to try and help understand more fully the direction that we're going to try and take this year. But my intention throughout the year is to encourage us all to dig further into Scripture than we have ever done before. When you think you have the answer, particularly when you think you've had the answer for a long time, to dig even further because there is always more to be revealed about ourselves and God the more we read, the more we reflect, the more we study and the more that we apply. While I had the choice of some cracking Bible readings this morning, in order to make sure that you're all out of here by lunchtime, I'm going to only focus on the gospel and the letter to um, Corinthians that Dawn read for us this morning. We are blessed um, in our congregations here at Rabina to have some very sharp legal minds. And so I'm always a little bit uh, dubious when I use a legal analogy, particularly because... In my first degree, which was a commerce degree, I failed every law subject that I sat. Some might say that because I had to do them twice, I, I'm more equipped, but I don't think that's the case at all. But when you are trying to discern, determine, and uncover the truth, particularly in a legal framework, you need to have a witness. And that witness must give a testimony. A friend of mine came forward during the Royal Commission into Institutional Child Abuse to report his story. As part of the investigation, I was interviewed by a detective who took my statement because my friend had enough trust in me to tell me that something had happened to him. During the trial, while I wasn't called to testify, it was his testimony and the testimony of some of my other friends that led the judge to believe that what he was telling was in fact the truth about what had happened. Now I do know that there are some, if not many, who struggle to believe that what happened to him is the truth, particularly because of the profile and what they knew of the perpetrator. But because I heard the words from his mouth that something had happened to him, because I knew who he was, 
And particularly because since then I have come to know more fully who he is now. Because I know my other friends and what, that they, and what they testified. I believe that what was said by them at the trial was the truth. In John's Gospel, John the Baptist is not so much John the Baptist. He is more like John the Witness. In the verses that lead into today's Gospel, we see more fully John's testimony. John the Baptist is asked by the priests and the Levites from Jerusalem, who are you? They suspect, and as others did, that John might have been the Messiah. But John responds basically by saying, I can't tell you who I am without telling you who Jesus is. The epiphany of his identity comes with the epiphany of Jesus' identity. Amongst those who hear the testimony of John the Baptist are Andrew and another of John's disciples who we don't know uh, who, the name of this disciple. When they see John the Baptist point to Jesus the next day, they are drawn to Jesus. Not because Jesus is over there, but because they knew John and they had heard John's testimony. Now, I don't know about you, but I sometimes get an image in my mind and I try and place myself in the time of the world where Jesus walked the earth and I wonder what it would be like to be around Jesus. And in my mind, I imagine such a magnetic presence and personality. The profound words of teaching that really pull you up short, the miraculous acts of power. And in my mind, that seems to explain to me why all the crowds flocked around Jesus. But at the beginning of John's gospel, we see something else. We see that not only have two of John's followers led to Jesus, not by Jesus' presence himself, but by John, one of those, Andrew, then goes and witnesses and testifies to his brother Simon, who becomes Peter, and Andrew draws Simon to Jesus. Is there a truth for our time in the truth for all time that's been revealed here? That despite the revelation of Jesus being Jesus, people are drawn into relationship with Jesus through the witness and the testimony of others. I do know stories of people who have just picked up a Bible from their bookshelves and started reading it. And over time have come to a, a powerful relationship with Jesus. I also know stories of people who have had personal and profound encounters with the risen Christ. And that encounter has changed their life. Some years ago, I did the funeral for a Jewish woman who was the mother of one of the members of our church. 
who had an apparition of Jesus while she was in a concentration camp during World War II and became a Christian, or as they term, a Messianic Jew. I don't know whether you can get any more miraculous stories than that. But those stories are only isolated incidences compared to the countless stories that I have heard of how people have been drawn into a relationship with Jesus through the witness and the testimony of somebody that they knew or they've come into contact with. And through their sharing of what's happened to them, they have been drawn to their own revelation of Jesus. When you think about it, that might seem a fair bit of pressure to put on people like you and me. Well, the truth is, it is. And we have to ask ourselves, can we handle the truth? Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, also highlights the importance of testimony. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you. But it's what he goes on to say next that should give us hope that our task at hand is not out of reach and that the Corinthian church and we can handle the truth. Paul reminds them that you are not lacking any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is basically saying to them that you have everything you need. Pretty soon in the letter he'll go on uh, to let them know how much they're failing to live this out, but that's a whole other sermon. I wonder, when was the last time that you pondered to yourself and said, I've got everything I need. We live in a world of dualistic messages about everything we need. On the one hand, our culture gives us a message that we can never have enough. We always need something more. I'm not sure you've seen the ad that's going around on the television at the moment um, a young lady sees a spider in her car and decides that it's a perfectly good time to buy a new car, even though the car that she's driving seems relatively new and perfectly okay. On the other hand, our culture also says to us that all that we need is already inside us. And for us to be happy We just need to find ourselves. The the jargon that seems popular at the moment is that we can all live our truth. Whatever your truth is, live your truth. But the truth for our time and the truth for all time is somewhat different. The passage that Paul gives us only becomes truth because of how we handle 
one word in that verse. You. I know teaching grammar isn't uh, what it used to be, they say, but hopefully you know enough about grammar to know that you can be both singular and plural. In the original Greek, you is plural. Only as a community of faith can we say that we are lacking nothing. Only as a community of faith can we say that we have everything we need. We cannot be the whole community of God with all of the spiritual gifts when we cast out or we distance ourselves from each other or even from a specific other. St Paul says that he's thankful that this new church in Corinth has experienced the grace of God and he wants them to reclaim that grace as their centre. In fact, when we translate the words that we heard this morning as spiritual gifts in English, if we go back to the original Greek, charismati, it just simply means grace thing. You have every grace thing you need. Not you personally, but you have every grace thing you need. It's one thing to acknowledge Jesus and Jesus' glory, his identity in this season of epiphany. It's quite another thing to take on epiphany in our own lives. How much are we willing to give witness to Jesus' epiphanous moments in our stories, in our lives and the lives of those around us? Do we sit quietly in the many justifiable backgrounds, unwilling to testify or just desperately hoping that somebody else will do it? Deciding to let our role reside in observation rather than risk pointing to the places and the moments where Jesus truly reveals who Jesus is? Do we have the courage to ask, who do we need to be because who Jesus is? And this is what John the witness implores of us. Believers willing to confess in whom we believe and why. Believers willing to point to the truth. Believers vigilant in seeking out where and how we are called to say, Behold, look, there is Jesus. The good news is that we just don't have to dress ourselves in camel hair and start wandering in the wilderness and eating locusts and wild honey to do those things. All we need to do is be ourselves and to know that our voices matter in the public arena. They also matter amongst our friends, our families and our colleagues. Our actions matter. 
They matter when they're seen, but they matter even more when we think that nobody else is noticing. What we wrestle with in this place, in our private devotions, in our small groups, in our conversations over coffee, move out into the world that needs to know that it is loved. Will you point to how we're all called to point to give witness to how God is present, to how Jesus reveals God, to how the kingdom of God is here and now and actually makes a difference in our here and now. The truth for all time and the truth for our time is that together we have every grace thing that we need to do just that. Lord, sometimes we can feel ill-equipped or inadequate or our story just doesn't seem special enough. But you have trusted through the witness and the testimony throughout the ages that the words, the actions, the thoughts, the prayers the preparation of the people of God will be witness and testimony powerful enough to draw others to you. We thank you for the personal and intimate encounters that we can experience one-on-one with you. But we thank you that when we stand together and we look around the room, There is such a kaleidoscope of gifts and talents, every grace thing that we need that not just equips us for our journey, but equips us to share those grace things with a world that seems so lacking in grace from time to time. Help us to look outside of our gathering and into the opportunities that you have laid before us. Help us to be your hands and feet. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.